0: Here I am. I'm in Los Angeles. I'm working over at NBC. I'm working on the production side of NBC at this point. I was working on The Weakest Length. We're on hiatus. So what happens? I go to another show. And this one is Last Comic Standing. So I'm working on Last Comic Standing having a great time. It's really a wonderful show. We go to Las Vegas. They give me a lot of uh, responsibility. I'm the head driver on the way to Vegas and all that kind of stuff. And We uh, deliver the props to Paris Paris to where we have the actual show. and We do a lot of the exterior and interior right there in Paris Paris. I'm Phyllis Diller's personal assistant at one point in time and a couple of other things. Just a really wonderful, wonderful experience. We were there for two weeks in Las Vegas. But of course, we shot The show in LA as well, and we shot it at the uh, house that we were at with all of the contestants, and that was part of the show. And so we were all over the place, and we had a lot of good times. And at one time, I'm at night picking up after the crew had eaten. There was a lot of plates of trash to be picked up. We're at the house at this point in time, and the crew is cut away from the house and not intermingling with the actual house contestants. There's a camera in every corner in the contestant's house, and the crew is having their dinner break. And I'm picking up trash, and I'm taking the trash down to the uh, trash barrel down. Down the driveway, and the driveway's like two miles long. Good God, and and, and like a climb, and climbing Everest every time I'm coming back. It was so it was wild. While I'm taking the trash out, I'm noticing the kid. That's the son of the, not director, but the actual producer of the show, and everybody's having to listen to this kid because he's the producer's son, and he's just an ass. <laughs> Pardon my French. But he's just, you know, nobody wants to hear this crap. And because he's the producer's son, everybody's laughing along. And I thought, I am no producer's son. I have nobody in my corner that's going to give me the leg up. And I'm taking out the trash. And here I am, the oldest PA in Hollywood. That's what I'm thinking at the time. Oh, may I remind you, the day before, while I was standing out in the courtyard at the driveway of the house that we were actually shooting at, shooting was the key word here, somebody shot at us. I'm talking to somebody right there at, at behind the van, and right between us, poof, the glass of the van just starts cracking. And we're thinking, Wait a minute, oh, that's weird. What's that all about? All of a sudden, pew, 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 we're hearing more shots. And it's like, oh, man, duck! you know, run. Everybody's running for cover in order to get out of the fire of uh, whomever's shooting at us. Come to find out it's some kid with a pellet gun from Mountainside. When his dad found out about it, boy, oh, boy, there was not any mercy for this kid. He was more afraid of his dad, and we knew that his dad took care of business. He was like some judge or something and boy oh boy was he mad his dad at his son which was great and so uh that went on the day before and finally i'm reassessing my life and thinking hey what's going on here what am i doing here why am i here well the show ends we're on hiatus and so hiatus is usually between shows and i don't know what to do next i'm i'm not really ready for another show to springboard into another show i'm sure i would have been able to somehow, because that's what happens. You get to know people. And I think they really respected me. There was a couple of folks over at the last comic standing that really enjoyed working with me. I was the driver. I was the guy that uh, was driving them all over town, and they got to know me. That's what was great about it. And they got to count on me, and that was what was really equally important as well. So here I am thinking, what am I doing? I'm off to my brother's house, and all of a sudden my engine light comes on in my car. And this is uh, the 405-101 interchange in Los Angeles. It is the busiest freeway intersection in the world. Data proves it. And I'm thinking, I'm on a hiatus. I don't have a paycheck coming in. I'm on the freeway at the biggest intersection in the world. My car is going to blow up because my engine light goes on. I'm like freaking out. I don't know what's going on. I really don't know. And so I limp home with the engine light on, just thankful that it didn't burst into flames on the way home. I'm going to take it over to my local Honda dealer, find out what's going on, what's happening with this car. The Honda dealer that is locally in Woodland Hills there, they're not open. They're doing refurbishing. So they are not open at all. I pull up to the uh, driveway, nothing. Can't get in. So I'm thinking, uh uh-oh, what do I do now? So I go up to Thousand Oaks to the Honda dealership up there. I pull my car into the Honda dealership. I don't know what's going on. This is the first time my engine light's ever gone on on my car. And was just really a huge concern and worry. Well, according to uh, the people that come out, they uh, find that it was a Recall, not a problem, all free, you're good to go. But while I was there in Thousand Oaks at the Honda dealership, I was perusing through the VC Reporter. VC Reporter is this local mag that they've got, freebie, right there on the table. And I'm reading it, and I'm finding out that there's a car show in Ventura. And I'm thinking, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, man, thank heavens it's all good. I'm going up to Ventura. I'm going to go check out a car show, and I want to see all these old hot rods right there in Ventura. So I head up to Ventura, and I'm at Cannonball Park. It's right there downtown Ventura, right next to the post office. We all call it Cannonball Park because there's a can, an old cannon in it, and I don't know what it's really called, but we're uh hanging out and at the gazebo over there is this lone stranger that is playing the music for the car show who's this guy but none other than Lee Marshall. Lee Marshall is a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame radio announcer. He was hot in the 60s and 70s, 80s and major radio stations he worked for as well as was on the television for the wrestling. I don't know if it was WWF at the time, but it was kind of equal to what that was. And he was the guy that was the ringside announcer as well as the voice of Tony the Tiger. And he was also my program director when I was working at, what was the name of that radio station? The reason I was only there for five months, it was a weekend gig was because of the fact that my checks bounced. And I was working at DreamWorks at the time, so it was just kind of a fun little thing to do on the weekends and my checks bounced. And uh, so I literally got paid by the jewelry store that I can get uh, whatever I wanted to out of their junk drawer and enjoy as my uh, pay for uh, working there at KNJO in Thousand Oaks. Well, uh, little did I know, that uh, that brief encounter would lead to this encounter. So Lee Marshall, and he's playing all the fifties and sixties two wop tunes from the boomer. I didn't know that at the time, but I can. Like, hey Lee, how are you? How you doing, Scott? And he had this great voice. Of course, he was the voice of Tony the Tiger, just really booming, just an amazing voice. What are you doing? Uh, what are you up to? And I told him, Hey, you know, I'm uh, on hiatus right now, and I've been doing this and that. And then he goes, Hey, you want to get back into radio? And I said, yeah, Uh, because of the fact that I had been calling the program director for this cluster of stations for B-95.1 for the last year, and literally almost daily I had been calling him. Once he picked up on accident, thinking it was a music call, and he said, oh, Scott, yeah, I'll get right back to you. Never called me back. Just blew me off. Never even, ever would even answer my phone calls. This is Jay Love. And I've told J-Love this story because he was my program director after that. Lee says, give this guy a call. So I did. Next day, Scott! <laughs> Jay love answers the phone. How are you, man? Lee told me all about you. Yeah. Oh, man. I was in. I was in. I told Jay, you know, I've been trying to get a contact with you for the last two years, man. And you never picked up the phone. And I hear you are as if you're my best friend. What's that all about? And I gave him a ribbing about it. He's a great guy. He was a great guy. Great program director, by the way. What was interesting is that I had been there literally in the park with no idea what I was going to do next. Had no clue. I was between jobs. I literally did not have a plan of what I was going to do. But apparently there was a plan, a providential plan again in my life. If you've seen my other videos, you know that my life just runs providentially. It's amazing how it just all fell into place where my car's engine light came on. I had, I was forced to go to a dealership and get it fixed. I had to choose the right dealership in Thousand Oaks in order to read the right magazine, in order to go to the right car show, in order to speak to the right guy to get my job. Couldn't have set it up didn't set it up, it just happened that way. And it was absolutely amazing how it happened. And sometimes, you know, we're in places in our lives that we wonder, how is it going to come together? What's going to happen? And you know, the one thing I've learned, the one thing I've learned is that it will come together. It will happen. You don't need to know, but you just need to move forward. You need to move forward with Whatever dream you may have, whatever you've got going, just keep busy, keep moving forward and go, because it will come together. Sooner or later, it will come together. And I was there for 15 years. Matter of fact, I saw more program directors come and go. I saw GMs come and go. I saw operation managers come and go. Promotions directors come and go. I saw them all come and go. After 15 years, I had been on all the radio stations. I was the production director for all the radio stations. And at one point in time, 99% of all the voice work on all five stations in Oxnard Ventura was mine. It sounded like I was just doing one giant five, ten minute block of commercials. Yeah, I would do the promotions, the promos and the commercials, and it was just absolutely amazing. It was a great learning ground for me. Just kind of a footnote to this is that not only did that chance encounter with Lee Marshall at KNJO, those brief moments when I was paid in trinkets from the jeweler, led to 15 years of employment at the Cumulus Broadcast Cluster in Oxnard Ventura, Lee also was influential in giving me the professorship at California Lutheran University. I came in to teach a couple of times just, you know, as a guest. And then I came in to spot him a couple of times. And then he asked me, hey, Scott, can you hold down the fort for a couple of weeks? I said, sure. And then he called me and said, Scott, I'm not coming back. I have inoperable cancer and I can't continue. Will you take over? And I said, yeah, I will. I will. It was the greatest four years of my life. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Loved every moment of it. I have never had a job that was so easy, effortless. It was just amazing. Literally flying through air with the greatest of ease. And everything came together just as I wanted it to. It was wonderful. And so, again, those chance moments in time those people in your life. You never know how it comes through and how it's going to happen and how it opens doors and how it does this and how it does that. But the reason I got the job at the university is because Lee knew my work ethic. He knew who I was. He knew I showed up. The reason I got the job over Cumulus is because Lee knew my work ethic. He knew I showed up. And we could talk to each other in real terms. And so he was uh, respectful of that, and I respected him. And so it created a, a really great work environment, and and it literally cascaded for the next 25 years into my life that um, made in. Influential changes Into who I am today Couldn't have done it Couldn't have planned it Couldn't have figured it out But God did And I thank Him for that